Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. UPS is hiring day sort warehouse workers in our Louisville, Kentucky hub. Our warehouses are team settings where everyone truly has each other's backs, and we work together to deliver what matters to customers and communities. We're paying $20 an hour and offer great benefits, including up to $25,000 in tuition assistance. Eligibility begins the day you're hired. Shift your future, shift your team, shift your life. Visit upsjobs.com to apply. That's upsjobs.com. Make the shift, make a difference. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com. Time now for Soccer City. Six players in the wall for L.A. It's Niall McCabe. He goes for a goal and he scores. Niall McCabe around the wall. Powered by your Kentucky and Toyota dealers. Right here on ESPN Louisville. Eckage will strike and scores! Here are your hosts, Benton Newman and Zach Allen Kelly. Welcome to Soccer City Radio. My name's Benton. I'm Zach. Benton. Benton, do you feel that? Oh, I do you feel, feel it. You feel that in the air? You feel, I that, feel, it. feel that crisp fall air? It's, mm-hmm. it's final season, buddy. It's final season, yes. Something we're pretty accustomed to around here. But as you pointed out before we were on air, apparently it's been our longest drought of making it to the finals that we we've ended the longest finals drought in team history of three seasons which is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> well glad we finally overcome that hurdle yes this is our we only get to feel this feeling 50 percent of the seasons <laughs> this is our special championship edition of the show because little city is playing in the finals this weekend and i'm ecstatic zach what are, you, what, what are your viewing plans for it uh, I I am gonna I'm gonna think I'm gonna have a watch party at the house if the weather cooperates we might put it on the projector we'll see. Get one I, those... I hear you might be getting some barbecue though. I, yeah. Oh, I didn't even actually think about that part. Oh. Yes, I got my my plane tickets reserved and locked up. I'm flying down there. I'm gonna be there. I can't miss it. Got to be there. I'm gonna give you the address to the restaurant. The best salsa I've ever had in my entire life was at a restaurant in San Antonio. I need you to get me a jar and bring it back. I'm, I'll do that. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Texas. Um, I was supposed to go like twice in like 2020, but you, know, <laughs> you saw how that panned out. Plans. <laughs> yeah, right. They went out the window. But yes, I'm going to go to Toyota Field, watch Louisville City take on San Antonio FC. Very excited about that. But before Former we talk- home of the Scorpions. Did they actually play there? I think. I don't know. I have no clue. I just said that. Oh, I knew they were there. That's just the thing I said. I don't know. <laughs> so before we talk about that, get, dive into that match, and later we'll be talking with Coach Cruz at 620, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Let's talk about the match that got us there. How we how we get to this point. Yeah, how we got to that point. The Eastern Conference Final. It was another Final. very normal one. Very, <laughs> oh. <laughs> very, very normal game. See again. that? You see that right here? That's gray hair. <laughs> Just from this playoff run. It's exactly how we drew it up. So, all right. In our eighth Eastern Conference Finals, it was the third straight meeting against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. This time in Louisville, thankfully. Didn't want to go back down to Tampa after that last see, year. Uh, I don't, one of the guys from the USL show was like, maybe one day we'll get a different Eastern, <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to hold up our end of the bargain. It's up to the Rowdies <laughs> if they want to keep this tradition alive. Go for four straight. 
So yeah, I, first off, how were you feeling entering the match? What was your confidence level at? I was, I was fake confident. <laughs> I was, I was, I was talking the talk. I was like, "There's no way, Louisville, Louisville City's too good. They're not gonna, they're not gonna do it again. Like Tampa's not gonna do it again. That 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 it is Louisville City's turn. Just just law of averages." <laughs> Uh, but deep down, I, I was like, I, I'm worried they might do it again. <laughs> I was, I had this weird, genuine sense of like peace and, and, and level of confidence. Like I, I, I felt good entering the match. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew it could go either way, but I just sense of calm, sense of peace. It was very genuine. I wasn't, it was not, wasn't any sort of fake facade I was doing myself because what you're talking about, I do that all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> all the time. But that it wasn't I like live. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I. I feel good. We. I mean, we have all the tools we need. Like it's just going to have to be something disastrous. For a minute, it was, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, for a minute, it was not. I felt very good about the first half. The first half was great. They were, they were getting forward. They were, they were making stuff happen. They were getting shots. I like. I was very. I felt very confident going into halftime. I was like, oh, they are taking control of this game. I would have liked a goal, but but I felt good about the chances of getting one. Matiti Mushagalusa was running rampant on his he side was, of the pitch. He was on fire on that left side of the he field. He was an issue that they were having trouble dealing with, and I think that was really. Although he didn't score, it was really big in the sense is that I think partly thanks to him. Kind of forced Neil Collins's hand to make the first set of substitutions. Yeah, which I think is always helpful a bit. Kind of seeing what they're doing, then you can react accordingly. So that was a big help. But yeah, first half went really well. We did stick with the uh, uh, the four three three we've done most of the season, so no back three shenanigans yep. this time. Again, I'm not against it. Just against these high level opponents, like I don't think we've refined it enough yet. I like moving to it. I don't like starting in it. We don't. It, 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 it has not that's gone fair. well when we've started with yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, I can. I can get behind that. Uh, I feel like when they when they've tried to take control of a game and switch to like a back five, that has gone very well for us. I, I feel like the team has closed out games a lot better this year than last year because that was that was the issue mm. last year was getting up, getting oh, leads night and, and day. Then giving up leads. We're at, but this year, I think the team has done a very good job of of holding on to the leads when they get it, and and I think the back five has been a big tool in that. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've commonly said that we're um we're a second half team this season because yeah, that's that's where most of our goals have come from. We've it's night and day difference from the problem that we had last season. I mean, that was one. I know that was one thing Coach Cruz was really wanting to fix entering the season, and he did just that. Yep. So thankful for that. Second half. Um, Kind of like an Empire Strikes Back sort of situation. I feel like Tampa got a bit more into the game. This is even before all the, the shenanigans and whatnot. But yeah. I felt like they Had figured things feel. out. I think, I mean, we knew it was going to be a chess match. It's two really good coaches. Yep. And I think Bill Collins made some good adjustments at halftime. Because mm-hmm. Tampa looked much better at the start of that second half than that first yeah. half. It's not like we were weathering a storm, but they were very mu- they were much more in it. It was even. I, yes. I would say, like, first half felt... Like advantage Louisville City. Yep. Started the second half that felt like an even game. It was yep. an even back and forth a lot more than in the first half. Yep. Um, and I think it was about the 16th minute or so. We got Brian Ombi's return to the pitch. Love to see it. Yeah. Absolutely love to I think see the it. The plan was healthy. to bring him back for a half hour. Uh, it did not end up working out that way. Yeah. Ended up being a, a little bit longer. Um, but before that, they, the one thing the one thing that happened, it, and it really triggered me, was. Um, Disaster struck and that kind of game kind of turned on its head and went sideways real a quick. A series of unfortunate events. Yeah, I mean it was a little scrappy. I mean, you know, the officiating had some, you know, some misses and stuff along the way to put it And then uh, I don't even remember what instigated the whole kerfuffle. 
in the, in the mid. Did I say that right? Are we talk about the. Are we talk about the the kerfluffle. Kerfluffle. There we okay, go. I said kerfuffle. Uh, the. <laughs> I need a dictionary. Apparently, um, we talk I about d- the red card. Yeah. So the instigating event was uh, um, uh, t- plays a long di- plays a diagonal ball. Um, coach uh, Tosh. Uh, this is what kind of ticked me off about it. It, it was. It was kind of a bad foul call to kick to kick everything off because watching the replay, Tosh gets position um, on it's the tall guy. I forgot. Wyke? No, no. Who who subbed on in the second half? Oh, uh, um, uh, I don't remember his Santos. name. I know who you're talking about. Dos Santos. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, Tosh Tosh got a step on him, like cut him off, sort of muscled him out of the way. Of the ball got a foul called. Probably a bad foul. I think uh, uh, the commentators agreed. On that, and then everyone ran to yell at the ref at the same time as you do after a, a foul call. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, Bone and Tosh and a couple uh, Tampa players all run over. Uh, and not uh, Bone and Ombi and a couple Tampa players all run over, and then Ombi runs into a Tampa player behind the ref's back and knocks him towards Bone. And then he bumps into Bone, and Bone spins around and does, like, the get-off-me shove and caught him in the face doing the shove, like, literally a foot and a half in front of the ref's face. And that was when the red card came out. Now, I'm... It was was a very quick, big, big, bang series of... Not not good events. Now I will say I wasn't mad. Oh, let me figure out first. I was like I thought it was the correct call to give so, Bone a red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the, the, lead, the, the lead up the stuff. Face. Like yeah, sure yeah. we can debate about that. But like, well, let's, it was not like worst call in the world. Like Tosh extended his arm, which I think is why it got called. But if you watch yeah. that, like he had position on the on but, the attack. I mean, yeah. it, it, it is what it Whatever. is. The, it, I mean, it happens. The part but, that really yeah. mattered was. Bone putting get, his his arms towards a guy face right in front of the ref get and getting situation. a red card. Yeah, like it it is the it is the semifinals. If you get a red card, you're out for the final. It is not worth it. Whatever, whatever, like like against the team whatever, that he beat you the past two years in the same stage. Assert, after you've had a similar, a very very similar thing happen in the uh, Detroit game that you got a suspension for after the fact. And oh oh yeah, he did get suspended after basically the same thing, which was like that should have been a high shove where you caught the guy's face. Um, That had the ref seen that, that would have been a red card in that game. I was so triggered. I I, usually know who else was triggered. Oh, Paolo (laughs) Mavicolo. Yeah, Paul. I don't know if you caught because I did. I did see that live. I was watching that on the on the feed, so I don't know if you caught it live, but. Paolo was ripping him a new one as he was walking off the field. As he should. As I mean, he Paolo's should. I saw not it. like a reserved guy. Paolo, Paolo, I think Paolo, Paolo's feeling something. He lets it be known. Yeah. That's just about the angriest I've ever seen Paolo. I mean, I'm generally pretty reserved watching these matches. You can you can ask my seatmates, but I was pissed. Oh, I know. You have my phone number. I got the, I got the text at the time. I was hot. I was still hot the next day. I had I texted my seatmates and apologized because I was an unhappy camper. It took me out of the match. I was so mad. You gotta know that situation. We've Man. lost to them you the past two years in the stage. Yourself in a semifinal, like it's playoffs. You cannot. 
You cannot get kicked out of a game. He's not a young kid where where he's just like. like yeah, he's a vet. He's, like, yeah, you're he's a veteran. The, You've got to cool know that. There. Yes. Ah, I'm. I'm uh, to be honest. I'm still not over it. I was still mad even after we won. <laughs> like that was still like residual anger. Like that easily so, yeah, could have been it. For they us. were playing. They were playing ten or eleven for the for the rest of the game. You want to play? Yeah. If you told me entering the match, oh, you're going to play ten on eleven against uh, Tampa. I'm like, okay, loss. You forgot about one thing, Ben. Though you forgot about the bump. The bump. You forgot it's about. Real. You forgot about the Soccer City bump, which is definitely a real thing now. You know, we, we had, called it. We had Danny Fondas on. He Elijah stepped up. We gave the magic touch. We had Elijah on, and he stepped up. I mean, it was for for I mean for going down a man. They went to kind of a back five sort of thing. Josh came on, sort of changed the shape. And even going down on man down, I thought they played well. And one, I think, one big helping factor of that is Brian Ombi's almost like two guys out there. As much of yeah. issues that he causes. If you don't have a guy like that going out there, I think it's a different situation. was the birth of Striker Ombi. Yeah. That is, that is where Striker Ombi began. I was going to mention, Benton, has the team lost a game they've gone down a player this season? <laughs> I, think, no. I, I think they have I, no, no they I don't haven't. remember if one of them was a draw, but there was no, we no drew, losses. We, we drew in Birmingham. Yeah, we drew in Birmingham, but like they they have they have gotten results every single time they've yeah, gotten a right. player this season. I hadn't thought about that, but um, I think in big part because Obi is able to cause so much trouble just up there by himself. Oh, it truly is. But tactically, what we've done every time we've gone down to ten players is all right. We have nine players playing defense, and then. Ombi is all by himself up at the top of the field, and when we get the ball, we're going to kick it to him and let him do something magic. Hey, with he's, it. Yeah, he's a he's a liability if not like double teamed in those sort of situations. So he was a, he was a huge factor. But I mean, again, for going down to man, they did they did very well. I, I'm glad Coach Cruz was able to stay more focused than I was because I was taken out of it. My arms were crossed. I was so mad. That was until <laughs> Whistle Guy. Let me tell you about Whistle Guy after we're done talking about this. Okay, but, Whistle Guy um, over here. But yeah, I mean the. The game was, I mean, again, still very well played by the guys. They kept their heads in it. I mean, they're they're professionals. These guys have been in this situation, though. Thankfully, they well, they were able they, to keep their their cool, keep their shape, and kind of know what to do in that situation. Which and I'm appreciative. It kind of. of felt like, I mean, Louisville's defensive block was very good. Yeah. for that, like, uh, I mean, Tampa had a lot of the ball after that because that was the the plan. Oh yeah. But they were they were just sort of kicking the ball around the edges of the defense, and Tampa could not. Did not really find a, a way into that yeah. defense. It, I, it, at no point did it feel super dangerous while Tampa had the ball. Yeah, for, like, for like the, you said, they, they got here. a lot more possession, and then that ultimately ended up influencing like the end stats of the match. If you go back and look at it, like you know, they had ended up with fifty four percent like total of the match. But a lot of that's that red yeah, card. They were kind of stuck stuff. around the outside of the defensive yeah. shell. They were they would move it. They were just sort of moving it from side to side, and they couldn't find an entrance like into the box. Yep, and um, you know that magic moment they. Um, one oh, it was one oh eight. It was a Oscar took the corner kick, sent it in the box, and I swear it sat there for an eternity. It, it was like, one of those. I, I've described it. I mean, anyone who has seen, I, I don't want to say it was like amateur hour out there, but if you've seen a corner kick in like a little league soccer game, you've seen this a hundred times, which is the ball gets knocked down directly to the feet of like a group of four people and no one can get a clean shot on it to to clear it because there's too many bodies around it and then it just spits out right to Elijah. <laughs> I mean, almost so fortunate. Like, almost like the soccer gods gave him the bump. So I know you 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 were watching on TV. I was there. I have not heard a a a pop in the stadium like that that particular goal. That place erupted. 
is big. losing our mind. Yeah, like whew, that's the kind of moment you, you you won't forget. Like that goal, that explosion of, of um, emotion. Um, it, it was it was just so big, so huge, and I'm glad they were able to see it out too because we still there's still about ten or so more minutes to play. After yeah, you that still point. have to defend after that. And there was one particularly good look because it was shortly after that Lucky came on, and that's where we all got spooked Ugh, a little bit. That was squeaky bum time, and it was. He was. And he the, got one. Yeah, he was he the got, one that he got, got one that, that shot. I was worried was going to be the one. It was. I mean, it was a good shooting opportunity, but he skied it. Well, yeah. it was a bad opportunity that he just made a lot out of because that was a. Oh, well, I was thinking more the shot itself. Control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, thankfully he didn't. He, you know, he wasn't lucky that time. <laughs> You're off the show. We're done. I'm fired. <laughs> but no, um, you know, well, just thankfully that that one didn't pan out. We were able to. To hold on and keep the win, but man, they they don't like to do it boring, do they? <laughs> it's been a very normal playoffs. Lots of very <laughs> lots of very right. normal games. Um, we got to cut to commercial here in a minute, but real quick, I want to tell you about Whistle Guy. All right, Whistle. I sit up in section two twenty five, and so after the red card, I'm all I'm all sorts of pissy. My arms are crossed. I'm still cussing and yelling and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, some guy got a hold of a whistle at some point in the game. They're just kind of blowing it random intervals. That's fine, whatever. And they start doing this beat. And everybody started chanting itself to it. It was so organic and natural. And our, our whole section was rocking. I wish I took a video or somebody got a video of that because we were all into it. Whistle Guy was you making it so much fun. You got to bring Whistle Guy San Antonio with you. I know. Or I need to get a whistle on my own. But I hope he's a season ticket holder because he made that. I didn't actually get a good view of who it was. We suspect the whistle's being passed around between some people. But Viewers, send us tips. We got to locate Whistle Guy. Whistle Guy, if you're listening, thank you. Identify yourself to me. All right, we're going to cut to a commercial break. When we come back, Coach Danny Cruz. So stay tuned here. Soccer City Radio, ESPN 680, 105.7. You're listening to Soccer City. Powered by your Kentuckiana Toyota dealers, right here on ESPN Louisville. Welcome back to Soccer City Radio on ESPN 680 I'm Zach. I'm Benton. That music got me pumped. I know. I'm ready to go. You know what else got me pumped? We got a pretty good guest today, Benton. Oh, yeah. We got the chief. We got Coach Cruz here with us. Coach Cruz, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Doing pretty good after this weekend. <laughs> So that makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, Matiti Mushaglusa was a—he looked like he was an absolute problem for Tampa. Can you talk to us about his performance in that match? And uh, was that part of the plan, or was that kind of some uh, individual creativity from him, kind of showing out? Yeah, I think when you look at uh, how Tampa Bay has played against us previously, and and you look at the isolation out wide that we thought we would find, uh, I think Enoch did an excellent job uh, taking advantage of that. I think when you look at the opportunities he created, the work rate that he had defensively, um, we were really, really happy with, with his individual performance. And then obviously, when you look at the performance of the group, the execution of the game plan, um, you know, it was obviously a, a, a good night and, and one for, for us to remember. Yeah, I mean, some other – this whole playoffs, really, what has stood out to me is is how well um, – and, and how many big minutes we've seen from the academy players – this playoff uh some of our homegrown elijah and josh and carlos uh specifically can you talk a little bit 
about you know the the growth we've seen from the young players on the team and and just the 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 trust that 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 it takes to to put players like that in at, into the games and playoff and crunch time. Yeah, I think they they've obviously played a, a massive role when you look at uh, their development uh, over the last few years and and their contribution to the group. Uh, it's been tremendous, you know, and I. I've said it before uh, in the media, certainly when I look at kind of what we're doing here at Louisville City and the growth of the academy and the work that uh, Luke and Mario have done from from these uh, these kids at a, at a younger age and then the integration into the first team and how our veteran players have uh, handled them, I think it's been amazing. You know, there's a constant dialogue going on between myself, my staff, and the academy staff. You know, we'll have players in from the academy in the training tomorrow. You know, I think this is a big piece of what we're trying to do here. I think when you look at the performances from from all those guys that you just mentioned, it's it's been tremendous. Uh, And, um, you know, for me, I don't care how old the player is. uh, You come to work every single day. You try to perform. and, and, And our job as a staff is to put the players on the field that we feel give us the best chance to to win the game and you know in the 60th minute we felt that that elijah could could uh bring something to the group and you know he obviously certainly did that you know and you look at how josh handled coming in there uh when we had to go to a back five uh it was tremendous and when you look at carlos when he came in when tyler started going down uh he did a fantastic job Uh, i can't say enough about the growth of of these young guys and 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 how they've been performing not only in games but in training every single day and the huge reason we're, we're, we are where we are, uh, and they'll continue to be. So uh, you, you mentioned Elijah in the game winner. Are, 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 the, are the players aware of the Soccer City bump yet? Because we had him on last week. He scores the game winner. We, <laughs> we, had, we had Dave Fondes on, saves a penalty in the – and a penalty shootout. Anybody who needs the bump is welcome. There's to come a few get other cases week. earlier in the well, season too. It would have been it would have been nice for you guys to tell the manager about the soccer city bump. Well, I mean, that's that what we're having you, know. you on now, so that you're going to spread that whole to give energy the whole there. Team the bump this week. We that's thought it. ahead. We were, we planned this out strategically. Move from you guys, it's a veteran move. From you guys, I respect it. So, kind of talking about some of the uh, the young guys on there. Like, you got some young guys on the team and some others. Um, who, who haven't been to a final before. I mean, it's going to be a unique game. What sort of preparations, if any, do you do to help get these guys in the right um, headspace and, and prepare for this unique matchup? Well, I think, I think when you look at um, the Pittsburgh game in particular, right, uh, uh, there were a lot of players on the field that haven't experienced uh, that moment before, right? And I think it was certainly, I think we grew a lot as a group coming out of that game the way that we did. Um, and, you know, I, I think ultimately it comes down to, to preparation and, and process. I think these guys are a lot more familiar with it now, going through two games and, and two weeks of training. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, my belief is that with the group that we have in the locker room and, and the experience that we have in the locker room and now the experience that the younger guys have had over the last couple of weeks, it puts us in the best position possible to, to be ready for the moment. Now, you know, what I try to, to preach to the group is is we have another obstacle in the way. You know, there there's nothing to be nervous about because we have each other, and that's the reality of it. And we've gone through ups and downs all season, um, but we've done that to get to the point that we're in now, which is we're, we, we have the opportunity to play for, for, for the goal that we set out for at the beginning of the year. Uh, and I want everybody to enjoy it. I want them to, to enjoy their football, to – 
to trust one another. Uh, and and my belief is with the week of training that we're that we've already had and going to continue to have that the guys are going to be in a good way come uh, come Sunday night. Yeah, and so you know we you mentioned we have a lot of uh, experience on the team, a lot of new guys, but I, you know for for Louisville that something kind of interesting. This will be our first finals on the road the the other times the team has made it it's always been a home game does that does that change anything about, about the preparation knowing you know on top of of everything else in the situation there you know it's travel to it's at, at the other team's home well i think uh first and foremost when you look at how i i uh we I say, tried to handle the preseason in preparation for being better on the road we had an excellent road record this year um i think when you look at how the club has, has handled the players and in, in, in making sure that um, when we are traveling that the guys have everything that they need in, in preparation for the game, that becomes a, a massive piece of it. Um, and, you know, this is not, for me, it's not anything new, right? The, the whole reason we went on the road all preseason is to prepare for moments like this. And the guys so far have done an excellent job uh, when, when we're traveling, when we're on the road. Of course, we would much rather be at Lynn Family Stadium with that atmosphere. But at the end of the day, uh, we, we have a, an opportunity this weekend to go on the road uh, and lift the trophy there. And I think the guys have prepared for it all season from, from day one and preseason and the preparation that we've had. And now it's about executing a, a game plan and, and taking all those experiences that we've had this year and, and making sure that we're in a good way uh, both mentally and physically. Now, uh, Coach, it wouldn't be an interview with uh, me if I didn't ask you about the injury status of, of some of our guys. How are the likes of uh, a Brian Ombe, Cameron Lancaster, and Kyle Morton? How are they faring? Well, listen, uh, we're <laughs> we 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 came away pretty banged up from the Tampa Bay game. Um, there's a lot of that stuff that is still up in the air. Uh, in the past, I've I've told you, you know, exactly where we're at. Um, but the, at this moment in time, we're still, you know, evaluating a lot of different guys, to be quite honest. So uh, I will say Kyle uh, was, was able to train today, um, which is the first time in a while, which is in full, which is good. Um, but then I have, you know, other decisions to make, and we'll continue to evaluate this week and, and see uh, where they're at. I'm, I'm anticipating Cam being in training tomorrow, Brian being in training tomorrow. But ultimately, I still have decisions to make that, uh, you know, that that I feel put us in the best position to win the game. So I want to talk about our, our opponent for a little bit because San Antonio just look watching them this season. They're they're a bit unusual. I mean, for for the league with the their style of play, especially for a team you know who who has won as much as them. Uh, do you want to? Talk a little bit about about San Antonio, their, their style of play, um, how 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 you think uh, Louisville line matches up against them. Yeah, I think listen, there it's a it's going to be a battle, no doubt about it. You know, we we talked a lot before we played um, uh, Detroit, both in Detroit and, and at home, about uh, especially when we went to Detroit about it being a. Uh, a battle. I think the the biggest thing is going to come down to making sure that you know we keep our heads. We try to play the football that we want to play. Um, listen, you don't get the amount of points that they have had this year by not being a really really good team, an organized team. 
but they're also a team that fights. They want to get into the uh, they they want to get in your face. They want to get a reaction from you. The fan, their fans want to get a reaction from you. So it's going to be about keeping our composure, about sticking together, uh, and trying to to continue to play the football that we have been playing. Um, but if we get into the in, in, into all the the junk and the and the uh, you know the emotional side of it, um, then that's an advantage for them. Uh, we've talked about it already this week. Uh, I think it becomes really important that we keep our head, we focus on ourselves, um, and there's going to be space to play. They're an athletic team. They're a strong team. They're a physical team. Um, but, you know, if, if we do a, a good job with the ball and we do a good job of moving off the ball, uh, that'll put us in the best position to, uh, to, to have a good night. All right. Uh, we got one more for you, then we're going to let you go. Generally, on the touchline, you've been kind of rocking the polo look. Are you going to be changing it up at all for the finals, or are you going to stay with what's tried and true? Then let me tell you, I am one of the more superstitious people that you'll meet. There's no way I'm changing my outfit. That thing I'm staying in, you're going to see me in in uh, khaki pants, uh, in, a, in a black uh, polo with a little bit of gold dots, and my black shoes. I'm not changing a thing, brother. Wait, now, wait, now I'm curious. How, how superstitious, though? Has the polo <laughs> been washed since the playoffs started? The polo... No, Don't I make him answer that. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. <laughs> I wash it every time, okay? Uh, but but, I, but I, I'm not going to change... Uh, I'm not going to change... You know, I'm not going to shave. I'm not going to get a haircut. I'm going to keep the, keep the, the outfit uh, the same as it is, and, and hopefully... You know, we can go to San Antonio and, and make all of you guys and our fans really, really proud. That's the goal. Hey, whatever help you, you can wear whatever is going to help you. Haircuts are for the victory parade. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Coach, Coach Cruz, thank you so much for uh, for joining us and, and chatting with us a little bit. Very eager for the match. Hope you and the uh, the team have safe travels down in San Antonio. And we'll, uh, I'll catch you down there. means a lot, guys. We'll see you there and always appreciate the support. It's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, you, you take care. You know, it's Coach Danny Cruz. Big fan of his. I was very, I was really curious about that, <laughs> that touchline where I was expecting he'd wear the same same sort of outfit. I knew I knew you'd finish on an important one. We gotta we gotta finish with the fashion. The hard hitting questions. <laughs> I always joke about that because every like every time I'm doing these like media things with him, like the like usually other people are asking like the really good questions, like and so and I'll, and I'll go last and they'll already hit everything. So I'll be like, oh, what's everybody's injury status? <laughs> And it's probably the question he wants to talk about the least. I would say very, very good as a veteran move from the coach to to evade on that one. No, that's you right. You want to let San Antonio know what's up? I don't get pushy they about prepare, it. They got prepared for Lancaster and OB. You, yeah, we're 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 you just let them know. Us fans, we're a curious bunch, and I ha- I have to do my my job of I'm doing air quotes there just because it's not really a job um, <laughs> of of posing the question. I'll just take whatever I'm given. I'm just curious, you know. I just want to know what are we dealing with. <laughs> Because you know, there's always a lot of injuries that like don't make the, uh, the paperwork. You after know, after this playoffs is gone, I, whoever they put in the 18, I'm fine with. It is a deep roster this season. Yeah, yeah. No, we've been we've been saying that from the beginning. How how blessed we are to have such a deep team. We needed it this <laughs> this postseason. I mean, yeah, that's that that can be the differentiator that's from good to great up. teams. Yeah. Exactly. You, ha- I mean, you have to be. You have to be. I, I'm not. I'm not throwing shots today by it, but that that's why I'm not a fan of super lean rosters because like <laughs> lean, lean rosters do not cope to it with adversity very well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm 1000% agree with you. And I mean, look, I want people competing for, 
starting positions. Like I want the vibe good on the team. We've seen we've seen a lot of rotation stuff too. It brings the best out in people when like it's not a lock who's going to be in the starting eleven. Exactly. It's not even always been about filling in for injuries. Like we have genuinely seen rotations throughout the season for for different reasons, whether it's formation or guys in or out of form. Guys doing good practice that week. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's pretty much for the most part always worked out pretty well. Well, I feel like we're blessed to have. We have the good problem with forming a lineup, which is like we got we can only get eleven of these guys on the field, which which that's the problem you want to have. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny sometimes like if if we see these lineups and people will be asking like you know like the, let's take the center backs for example. It's like it's like Tosh and West. They're like, well, why isn't Josh starting? It's like, well, because you know, when a back four you only start two, <laughs> we got two and spots. <laughs> I mean you could just pull two names of a hat and be be pretty fine. I mean I feel like Tosh honestly has to be a lock for one of those spots, right? Uh, probably yeah, but but somebody's still, I mean, gonna, somebody's gonna take those you, kicks. You, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though, right? The the depth they're all they're all pretty equal, and they all bring different things to the table. And they, and again, sometimes there's just little nagging injuries we don't know about. But quality wise, like I mean, they're all stellar, yeah. you know. And it worked, out, especially last match, like with that particular example, it worked out pretty well having Do- Josh on the bench to come out when we we're trying to do that back five line. Yeah, the monkey down. I a mean, bit. we're blessed to have one of, if not the best goalkeepers in the league for for the whole season but he goes down in the playoffs i feel like we haven't missed a beat back there with fondez oh anytime that danny has come in for uh yeah for uh for kyle morton he's been phenomenal yeah so i mean let's put it this way we'll be really lucky if we keep him next season as a backup because like if there's somebody deserving of a a starting role like yeah he's probably earned it but you know maybe he likes the vibes here and wants to stay i don't know vibes here (laughs) we do you know you want a couple good taco places we got uh we earned some uh, hardware which which we have found out are very popular with the I think I think every time we've asked about a restaurant we've gotten we've gotten a taco place as an answer I mean there's a lot of with Louisville City there's a lot of good ones in town a lot of good food here yeah there's a lot of really good reasons to stay right. here well let's go ahead we're going to cut to a commercial break when we come back let's break down that San Antonio versus Louisville City matchup for the finals it's a big one so stay here in the Soccer City Radio ESPN 680 1057 You're locked on Soccer City, powered by your Kentuckiana Toyota dealers, right here on ESPN Louisville. Welcome back to Soccer City Radio. My name's Benton, and I did not realize that Feel Good Inc. had that, that weird intro part at the beginning before the music actually started. I was it's confused. It, it's an atmospheric song. They're an atmospheric band. I know I, the, the first part caught me off guard. I know this song, but I'm like, I'm like, is the song actually starting, or is this like another commercial? Well, I'm Zach. I'm also here. <laughs> By the way, sorry, I got I was really I was really concerned about that feel good ink thing. Welcome back to Soccer City Radio. Let's talk about soccer now. How you feeling, Benton? <laughs> feel good. I feel good. <laughs> I'm happy with our team. I'm happy with where we're at. And you know, in some some twisted way, I wanted this matchup. I wanted the question answered about who would win for San Antonio versus. You always want the one v one. Yeah, which I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, this is the first. But first it is. one we won right. the league, no. league has had. You're, you're you're correct. It's first time that they've both made it through. No uh, no upsets in that regard. What's fascinating about them is how 
different San Antonio is. They're not a possession-based team. Uh, extremely just, not a possession-based team. Yeah, they just they may make they don't the most. Complete a lot of passes. Yeah, they they, they make the most they of their get limited the ball opportunities, and they they boom, 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 go to score. They do not they do not play around with the ball. Like absurdly efficient. They're it's they're fascinating in that regards, and you know I'm I'm just curious of how would we fare against that, and we're going to answer that question because I would have thought that if for every reason they didn't make it, or we didn't make it. Like if it just this matchup didn't happen. That would always been a lingering question. We could play again next season, but who knows? They could they're, fall off a cliff. They're the equivalent of a, a gridiron football team, an American football team, whatever you want to. <laughs> we're like we're a soccer show. We gotta uh, that wins a lot of games and has just very few yards, which is like a thing that you expect a good team to, that wins a lot to do, but is also not directly like you don't win based on yards you win based on points it's like you don't win based on possession or passes in soccer yeah. but generally if you have a lot of those you win a lot whereas they're they're like the opposite of that they they are like the they're the embodiment of that saying your know, defense wins championships yeah. like they're outstanding two weeks ago they set the record for fewest completed passes in a win by any team in the in the league in, they really? since, they, since the in the history of when they started keeping track of that they had 150 completed passes in a win which I think the stats go back to like 2010. No team in the USL has had fewer passes in a win than that. So they they're on the very extreme end of of, of that. Yeah, I, I mean, like all throughout the season on my on my site, like I've, I've put together these different charts and stuff just based off the data, and they're always like they're always in a much different spot than than the rest of the teams. Particularly uh, this. I won't get into it too heavily. It's good lucky sort of matrix thing. And it seems to work out pretty nicely, kind of showing like who's good, who's not, like and who's lucky, who's not yeah. with teams. And they just their they style kinda, does not fit. They our, break that. The they, way we yeah, look they, at that. they break that thing. It's it, it'd be easy to overlook them if you're going just based off that. Well, They're just so different. And just the, the matchup with Louisville, it, it's it's I am I'm very interested to see how it plays out because oh, yeah. it, it's almost as if the thing both teams want the opponent to be doing when they play them. Is the thing that both teams do, so yeah. it, it's like Louisville's going to want a lot of the ball. San Antonio likes to let the other team have a lot of the ball. Yep. Like uh, so, so it, it's going to be interesting. Let me let me ask you this: lineup, like like setup wise, how do you think Louisville goes about it? Do they go with the back three sort of formation, all gas, no breaks, or do they go the like or four three three the or or standard? Yeah, I'm if you sticking will. to tried and true. I I I, I don't know. It, I mean, Coach Cruz is smarter than me, so if he thinks the three back is better, then it's probably better. Oh yeah, but I I would like to see the four through three at the start of that game. Yeah, my name. It <coughs> excuse me. It feels to me like when we play in the back three, uh, we give up a lot of counterattack, good good counterattack attack looks, and that is San Antonio's primary means of scoring. So that that would make me a little nervous if it, we're starting in the back three. I was about to say that exact same thing. Like my Neanderthal brain just thinks if we have a back three thing that they're going to be salivating. They're going to be looking at that. They're going to have a field day. Yeah, is is what I was thinking and fearing. I, so. I feel like it. And it, it's kind of weird because it's kind of weird to think about. But because I think you typically think of the back three as the more defensive uh, lineup than a four three three. Yes, because in a four three three. You basically have two center backs, whereas in a three three back you have three. So you do have an extra defender back there, technically. Uh, I don't agree with that because I mean you're moving your wings up into the midfield, but in the four three three, like Louisville plays it, the wings move up into the midfield. I think that, but anyway. I think that's generally more. We're getting off tra- no, track, hey, but what, I think it's generally gonna, more how. I have it a specific goes. player I want to highlight here is 
the difference to me is not necessarily in the back line when when we're playing a three back. It's uh, it's the Tyler Gibson position that when we play a four back, Tyler Gibson sort of slides back there and and covers and and he's sort of that third center back in in a, in a lot of situations. Yeah. But to be clear, that that issue only presents itself in the three four three. If you do a three five two, yeah. But I but, guess to your uh, point, we've probably been doing more of the three four yeah, three. But I guess what I'm saying is, I I think I think Ty Gibson has had an incredible season. Oh yeah, I, I think he's kind of unsung. He doesn't get a lot of stats. It's not flashy, but he really he he is what is preventing a lot of those counterattacks with his positioning and and like he's very good at his timing of when to be in the midfield, when to slide back and cover on the back line, sort of as a, a as a, a third center back. Um, and it, he he is the type that type of position is what kind of gets taken out of the game when we switch to yep. the three back, and 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 I would rather see that Look, in the lineup. I'm a Tyler Gibson stand. You don't have yep. to tell me. I'm a big fan of his. He doesn't. You're right. Does not get enough credit. He's never going to win this player that match polls. He should sometime, but he's not because he's not I th- I the flashy stuff. The easy thing to do is like, oh, the defenders. "Quote unquote," yep. like that is who responsible for for if goals get scored or not. But I, I think he probably in the midfield does not get a lot of credit. Like he breaks up a lot of those counterattacks before they happen. Yep. So, like the you know the, the defenders are good, but but he also deserves a lot of the credit for for how good that defense yeah. is. Like a lineman in American football, just don't get enough credit. Yeah, yeah, he's I in there. He's putting. In, he's not getting. He's not getting interceptions. He's not. He's not. Scoring touchdowns, uh, man! I'm gonna run out. I'm gonna run out of football words. It's not. It's not my the, game. They call them the big uglies <laughs> down in the trenches. Now, going back to the the back three sort of thing, I think yeah, we've been more, more so playing a, a kind of a three four three, and I think we might have seen a three five two yes. if we had a healthy Cameron Lancaster in the equation. Put him and Harris up top. And the three five two is to me at least that. That's been the difference between when we've started with the back three and when we switch to it later yeah. in games. Is it, it, it seems to me like when we go to the back three to like close the game out, it's usually more of a three-five-two where yeah. it, basically all five of those that your three center backs and the two wings are all back there on the back line yeah. defending. And I think we have looked very good closing out games in that formation. Yeah, I I personally prefer the three-five-two over the three-four-three. I feel like the in the three four three, your midfielders get hung out a little bit dry to more. You know, they yeah, they just lose that impact. But if you overload that midfield, I don't know. Again, I'm a big midfield guy. More midfielders, huh? as many midfielders on there as we can get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how I like it. That's how I like it. You can never have enough midfielders. So, what I mean, do you? I, do, I guess the ultimate question here in this matchup is going to really boil down to: Is Louisville City's offense better than San Antonio's defense? I think that will be the crux of it. I think if we can break down their defense, we win. Two great defenses. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sleeping on defense out. But I'm saying like we're probably we're we're near the top. I think offensively, well, and, and they are the top defensively. Can San Antonio get those couple of good counter looks that they're that they're looking for? I think that's that's the big thing for them. It is I think they will are get, they going to get their are, are they going to get their chances and are they going to put away their chances that they get? I think it's more about putting away. They will get them. Like something always happens. They will get. One, two, You're few not going to keep a like, team like San yeah. Antonio from getting a counter for a, a whole game. It's it, a matter it's, of like, can we neutralize those opportunities? Yeah. My bigger, yeah, my bigger concern is like, do we have enough? Like, can we break down that that defense? 
yeah. and get a, a goal of our own. Because I think, you know, if we score first, I think that could really change things. I, hopefully that can make things a little desperate, makes them go a little more offensive oriented than they're used to. And then, and Put then the I don't know. Tighten the screws. Yeah, maybe the, the, the dam will break then. So I think that could be a huge key getting that, that, that first goal. But do we get it? Do we get it in regular time? I think tactically the team's going to be very sound because the coaches get the bump this week. Oh yeah. So I, I have I have, I have the whole face in the, ta- in the tactics. It's gonna and be I, very. We're gonna have the edge tactics. I don't think you see this as much in the midfields, but I think for these playoff matches, it's going to be an enormous component. Like it has been in the past few matches. Yeah. It's gonna be much bigger than it has been traditionally. I just don't think we get that as much, you know. And I'm just curious how the team adjusts to playing on the road. I, I, I mean. Like like Coach Cruz said, like he made it a priority. The team has done very well on after after struggling a bit last year on the road. The mm-hmm. team has really come back and and turned things around, yep. and it's been a very good road team this season. Yep. But it's gonna be big. Like that place gonna be packed. It's a final. Yeah. So I think that's a big component of it. Is is like mentally can the can the team mm-hmm. bring it on the road? I think another interesting fat- factor about this matchup is we've not played them before most of these other teams that we've played them in some capacity we kind of know something about them having seen them directly on the pitch we haven't done that with them i mean there's probably a few i mean the the professional soccer world i think is a relatively smaller one some of these guys have probably crossed paths at some point or another but by and large i think that they're they're still kind of an unknown entity gibson was on san antonio for a while the scorpions yeah not the not this this version of a San <laughs> Antonio team, yeah. So I'm, you know, I think there's probably very minimal overlap. He's familiar with the city; he'll know where to go to eat and stuff like that. He knows where. It's always important. Is. Yeah, I have to hit him up. I have to have him tell me where to go. <laughs> but I, I think that's another interesting factor. Like we just haven't played against them before. We can watch all the game tape in the world, but I think it's different but when you're in the trenches with them. They haven't played against us before. That's true. It goes both ways. It absolutely is. But you know, it's just. It's just one of those elements. You know, if think about it, if you're a player, you're on the pitch, you just think about your specific battle. I think it's very different watching film on, you know, whoever you're marking or whoever's going to be marking you versus actually having played against him before. Like, oh, that guy sucks because he's very, you know, handsy or whatever. This guy's annoying because he's good. You know, that, that sort of stuff, the little things. Really just digging into it. We want to complain about some awards? I want to get your prediction before we do that. Okay. What is your prediction for this match? It worked last week, so 3-0, 3-0 Louisville win. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> I'd be losing my mind in Texas. I think they get the first one, and then when it rains, it pours. Just crush their dreams at home. I am going to go 2-1. They score first, but we find a way. We find a way. I don't know if it's in regular time or extra time. Okay. That's what okay. I'm thinking. Based on how the playoffs have gone, I, I, I would guess extra time. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, I, I I'm, I'm nervous because they're a very good team. We don't know much about them. We're on the road, etc. But at the same time, like, if there's any like incarnation of Louisville City to take on this team and beat them, it's this version. I've said it before. I said it entering the plus. I want to make it clear because even if something bad happened, yeah. I wanted it on the record because I was confident in it. I think this is the best Louisville City team to date. Win or lose tonight. I still think, I think we've dealt with enough stress. I think this guy, this game's gonna go smooth. This this is the one where everything goes according to plan. Easy five nil win, right? They've they've gritted through the tough stuff already. Now this is this is where this is where it's gonna be like playing Hartford, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's complain about some awards now. I'm ready to. I'm ready to. Do you, a little, you fired up? Yeah, you're we're ready? complaining. So first one, kind of like 
we, we definitely saw this coming. Kyle Morton did not win goalkeeper of the year. He did get second place with 39% of the votes. San Antonio's Jordan Farr won that one, but he also got the first team honors. How oh. many players were voted on? Was it two? No, there's a third. There's a third place for all of them. It's kind of weird to get 39% in a three-person race and, and I was not la- get first. I was... I was lazy and I didn't write down the other numbers. He had like fifty something percent. Like he, yeah, I mean, he clearly won it. The other was in third place, got no votes. Yeah, that, yeah. no, that it really was something like that. He got like nine yeah. percent or something. Um, yeah, so it was pretty lopsided. Like, I'm not going to argue too too heavily against that one because he's felt it. I mean, it was like razor thin margins, like between um, Morton and Farr. So you know, props to him. Kyle got his uh, got his golden glove. I mean, second place in goalkeeper there, still pretty awesome. Again, not the accolades we're after. Let it slide. Didn't get the the important award this weekend, which is the trophy. Yeah, right. The other one, Defensive Player of the Year award, Tosh got second place with 35% of that the That one I'm a little more surprised about because I feel like you score as many goals as he scores. People just vote on who scores goals in general with these things. I would have thought that would have given him the bump. I you know, I appreciate if they're if they're judging it purely based off of a, of a defensive perspective. It was Mitchell Tainer of, uh, am I saying that right? I don't know. Tainer? I don't know. Who cares? He's a San Antonio guy. Am I expected to follow other teams? Yeah. he. I mean, he did well again. Like, yeah, he's good. I don't know. But here's the one that really bugs me. Josh Widener did not win Young Player of the Year. That's, well, I mean, we talked about it. They just vote for who scores goals. Exactly. This, yeah. this is definitely he one got, where the got, defensive got, guy got He got wrong buried. because he yeah. was a defender. Yeah. He gets second place, though, with 32% of the votes. So he had that going for him. But, yeah, a little bit of snub. Hopefully he comes into this match with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And then he can wave that trophy, and the guy who got first place—I forget what his young player of the year trophy will be—the giant signing fee he gets with Europe next year, making that money. So, for everybody who was traveling to San Antonio this weekend, I wish you safe travels. Hopefully, you guys get all your arrangements in order. I just booked all my stuff today. It's expensive flying out of uh, Louisville, so I was going to short notice. Short notice flights not cheap. Yeah, going out of Cincinnati. So, take care, vamos Marauders. Bye, y'all. Tired of eating the same homemade meals over and over again? Want to switch it up? LocallyOwnedDelivery.com safely brings the restaurants to you. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they'll bring it to you. Delivery.com delivers some of the finest restaurants in Metro Louisville. Miss going out to eat but still want to support your favorite restaurants? Delivery.com has got you covered. Use promo code ORDERNOW for $10 off your next order. Sit back, relax, your meal's on its way. Delivery.com. We bring the restaurants to you. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Injured in a car accident? Visit SueDistractedDriver.com.